Hi, I'm Aubrey. Thanks for joining the podcast for Church of the Nazarene Harrisonburg. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also join us each Sunday at 9 a.m. on Facebook Live or in person at 9 and 1030 in English or 1145 in Spanish. This year, we'll also have three Christmas Eve services. We'll have two indoor at 2 and 3.30 and one outdoor at 5.30. We hope to see you soon. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a king wearing a magnificent crown. No, Dad, that's not it. Oh, really? Let me try it again. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a powerful, well-trained soldier. No, Dad, you did it again. That's not right. Okay, uh, how about this? And this will be a sign for you. You'll find a democratically elected president. What? No. A trendy motivational speaker. No way. A big tech CEO. A movie star. Time-traveling cyborg? None of those are right. The shepherds weren't going to find any of those. Okay then, little Miss Know-It-All. What did they find? For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. Oh, that's right, a baby. Does that even make sense? A, a baby is totally helpless. Yeah, but if Jesus didn't come as a baby, mm-hmm. then he would have known what it was like to grow up. Ah, but wait. Why did he have to grow up? That's easy. To save us. Ah, well then that means that the best part about Christmas is... The baby. Right, the baby. Oh, well, I guess it's time you get some sleep. We got a big day ahead of us tomorrow. No, we're not done with the story. Okay, just a little longer. And suddenly, there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with Does that even make sense? We're starting this second message of the Advent season in a place you probably don't expect us to start. We're not going to start with uh, Jesus in heaven. We're not going to start with him in his mother's womb riding on a donkey. We're not even going to start with Jesus in the manger. We're going to fast forward 30 or so years and find this baby all grown up and on trial for his life. And within hours of losing it. So turn, if you would, with me to John chapter 18. Admittedly, an unusual place to go at Christmas time, but you'll 
understand. John 18, verse 28. Then the Jewish leaders took Jesus from Caiaphas to the palace of the Roman governor. By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, they did not enter the palace because they wanted to be able to eat the Passover. Talk about irony and hypocrisy. They were about to crucify the Messiah of the world, and they were worried about standing on ceremony. Verse 29, so Pilate came out to them and asked, what charges are you bringing against this man? Verse 30, if he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. And Pilate said, take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone, they objected. This took place to fulfill what Jesus had said about the kind of death he was going to die. Jesus foretold this exact, in fact, if you're a note-taking person, you can write next to that text, Matthew 20, 17 through 19. Matthew 20, 17 through 19. If you want to go there, I'm not going to read it, but it is Jesus precisely predicting the kind of death he would die. We're on verse 33 now in John 18. Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus, and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others talk to you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus does not answer this question, ever. But what he does say is our word for this morning. John 18, verse 36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. This is the king saying to Pilate in the first century and us in the 21st century, if you are thinking that the rules of your kingdom apply to mine, you're wrong. If you think that my kingdom is anything like this kingdom that you've manufactured on earth, you are confused. It isn't just my kingdom is a little different. The word for of there in the Greek is ek, estin ek to cosmo. What it means is my kingdom and the kingdoms of this world are completely different. Different makeup, different cloth, different everything, opposite. Not just slightly different. Not I've come to create a new version of the kingdom that you've created here. I've come to bring a kingdom upside down. Completely different. It's opposite. In fact, Jesus helps us with that in John 8, 23. Again, if you're taking notes, you might scribble. You could scribble it there too, but scribble John 8, 23. Jesus says, but he continued, you are from below... I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. The kingdom upside down. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now, my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, Pilate said. Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. 
everyone on the side of truth. He phrases it as two opposing sides. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. So are you listening? My kingdom is not of this world. Ed Jarrett writes, the first hint in Jesus' teaching of this upside-down kingdom comes at the beginning of what we know as the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5-7. through In the Beatitudes, Jesus declared several different types of people are being blessed or happy. These are the poor in spirit, the mourners, the meek and merciful, the pure in heart, and the peacemakers. Our natural world looks at most of these people as being insignificant or undesirable, but Jesus says the opposite. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven, inheritors of the earth, and children of God. Those that our world looks down on are valued in the kingdom of God. It is upside down. Over and over, our Lord says, you have heard it said, but I say. And Tim Keller adds this, Jesus doesn't behave like a king the world expects. He did not have any academic credentials. He had no social status. When Joseph brought the family back, he settled as far from the centers of royal power as he could. He went to Nazareth. So Jesus was not merely born in a manger. He grew up a Nazarene. What did that mean? You get a hint in John 1, where Nathaniel learns that Jesus is from Nazareth and is appalled. He exclaimed, Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Everyone in Judea looked down upon anyone from the backwater of Nazareth and Galilee. Yet as the text shows us, God arranged things so that that was exactly where the Messiah would grow up. The not of this world newborn king. In this kingdom, the last shall be first. In this kingdom, whoever wants to lose his life will find it. In this kingdom, the king doesn't come to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. In this kingdom, the king doesn't wield his power from a castle but from a cross. In this kingdom, at Christmas, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. It's opposite. It's upside down. And Pontius Pilate would have known that. And the people in that crucifying crowd that day should have known that. It should have been as clear as a star in the sky if they had only remembered Christmas. Has there ever been anything as upside down as Christmas? As strange? Now, the, our problem is we celebrate Christmas every year. So we're used to angels appearing out of nowhere and virgin births and kings in majors. Think of the number of years you've celebrated Christmas and heard that story. For me, I've been alive for at least 30 Christmases, and I've heard that over and over and over. Let's just give it a shot. That's all you can do, really. And so we're used to the oddities of Christmas, but Christmas is upside down. It's out of this world. And it's not just because Charlie Brown's pitiful tree turns glorious, or Rudolph's nose goes from curse to blessing, or George Bailey goes from bankrupt to the richest man in town. It's the story of Christmas. I made a list. Uh, I didn't dig too deeply. 
Uh, I made a list of all the otherworldly things that happen around the first Christmas that we're just used to now, but they are strange. Uh, the full list is in the version notes. I'm not going to take time to... I think I have 24 total. I'm just going to read a few. Uh, first of all, God broke 400 years of silence to start the birth into motion. His people had heard nothing in that time until this flurry of angels rocked the world. The decree from Caesar Augustus that we read about every year that sent Mary and Joseph on their journey was intended to fortify the Roman kingdom, yet it led to the ushering in of the kingdom of the newborn king. There would never be an earthly kingdom to compare now. An angel appeared to a teenage girl, just appeared out of nowhere. You know, for us, that's old hat. Happens every year. An angel appeared to a teenage girl, appeared out of nowhere. That angel told her she would become pregnant because the Holy Spirit would overshadow her, whatever that meant. The angel takes away the right Joseph had to name his child, and he just accepts that. Joseph acts in a way that was opposite of what was called for in Jewish law, which would have been to divorce Mary at the least. When Mary visits Elizabeth and greets her, the baby in her womb leaped. The unborn baby, John the Baptist, recognizes the unborn Messiah, who was also at that moment in a person. There's no earthly reason why Mary would have accompanied Joseph on the 75-mile trip that's become so famous. According to Roman law, women didn't have to register because they were exempt from military service or taxation. Why did she decide to travel with her husband? We know, but that was weird, opposite, unusual. Pagan magi traveled over a thousand miles by camel. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine getting on a camel and going to Kansas? Well, first of all, I don't know that I'm interested in going to Kansas, but can you imagine that? Pagan magi traveled over a thousand miles by, everybody's GPSing it now to see how, I don't know how far it is. Just estimate, a third across the country. Uh, traveled over a thousand miles. There's no good earthly explanation why they would do this. In Herod's own kingdom, in Herod's own kingdom, these magi asked, where is the new king? Give that some thought. They followed an unexplained star that somehow led them to Jesus in Jerusalem. The star, quote, stopped over the place. How does a star stop? How would you tell? If you... I said in the first service that if I just followed the North Star, I'd end up in New Zealand. I wouldn't end up in New Zealand, but you get the point. It doesn't stop somewhere and have put an arrow on the ground, like NBA 2006 or something. How would they know? And it goes on and on. Christmas is upside down. Why so many things about Christmas that are out of this world? Because Christmas ushered in a kingdom that was out of this world. And we celebrate it every year so that we won't forget. In that moment, before Pilate, I don't know exactly why Jesus chose to not answer a question with the answer he gave, but what he said was, my kingdom is not of this world. My older sister Lisa lost her husband about a year ago, right around Christmas time. Uh, he passed away. And... I started to think about a conversation that I had with her when we were both kids. Lisa's four years uh, older than I am. She still lives in Massachusetts. She lives in Sterling, Massachusetts. And she's a dear, sweet woman. And I thought about something she said to me many, many years ago. I was probably 10 or 11, she 14 or 15. 
Christmas in my house was always upside down. Now, those of you who don't know me, I was not raised in a Christian home. In fact, I was raised in a very unhealthy, dysfunctional, ungodly home. My father was an alcoholic, and a, um, he wasn't a beating alcoholic, but he was a numb alcoholic, and I'm never sure which one I would have preferred, neither. Uh, my mom was a, an enabler. We were a broken family, except on Christmas. Christmas, it all flipped upside down. I'm not exactly sure why. But we would have Christmas, and we would be together when we were never together. My father would be sober. We knew that on Christmas Day, he would be sober and would be actually able to talk to us. We would have joy when we hardly ever had joy. It was upside down. We, we always celebrated Christmas. We always did all of our Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. My parents would pack four kids into a 71 Ford Pinto that didn't explode, thankfully. And we would go to Bradley's department store, which was down near Lake Quinsigamond, and we would do all of our Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve. And then we would buy our Christmas tree on Christmas Eve and strap it to the top of a 71 Ford Pinto. We did everything on Christmas Eve. We bought our presents, we wrapped our presents, we ate dinner, we went to visit relatives, we bought the tree, we put up the tree, we decorated the tree all on Christmas Eve. Now, I don't know if this was my parents starting to try to start a tradition or just historically bad planning, but that's how it worked. And I don't even know, I, I was saying the first of, I don't even, is that even possible today? Could you do that today? Buy all your presents, wrap them, and buy a Christmas tree and set it up on Christmas? I don't think you could. You'd go to a Christmas tree lot and there'd be some sticks. You'd have to form them into a mud but for some reason, we did that. Christmas Eve, it was all upside down, and people were happy and joyous. And I remember having this conversation with Lisa, and I don't remember the circumstances, but I'm guessing it had something to do with the fake snow, because that was my favorite part. I got to spray on the fake snow. Now, in the first service, the young people, when I talked about a can of fake snow, they looked at me like I was wearing a prom dress. But for you older people, we remember fake snow, right? You go to Bradley's and the can, you buy this can of snow, and I got to be the one who sprayed it, and you would spray fake snow all over the tree, and it would have this lovely fake plastic look, and it smelled like alcohol and formaldehyde, and it just added to the entire ambiance of the season. And it gave the tree a snow thing. I don't think it's legal anymore. I, I think it's actually the fake snow may be actually illegal. I'm not sure. But if, I'm sure I'm going to get, oh, I, I'm getting texts now with links on Amazon for fake snow. Just one at a time, please. So I'm sure this conversation had something to do with the fake snow. But I was talking to my sister, Lisa, and I, re, I do remember it. And it came to mind last year at this time. In my own little innocent way, I was marveling to her about how strange Christmas was, how dad was present, and how everybody was happy, and nobody was anxious, and everybody loved each other, and how weird it was. And I remember Lisa saying, no, this isn't weird. This is how it's supposed to be. The effect of Christmas in my life 
was to turn that upside down. That may be why, even before I was a believer, Christmas was important to me because it was that one day where my world was upside down in the most wonderful way. So why should this matter to you? I've, I've, I've made my case. I've gone back to the encounter with Pilate. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. He chooses that moment to make that pivotal declaration, which many probably should have already known, acknowledging that I am a king and have a kingdom, but it's not only not like this world, it is opposite this world. It is upside down. And I've given you my list. I have my list of the weird upside-down things about Christmas that we acknowledge every year, that we experience every year, that we sing about every year. Christmas upside-down for a kingdom upside-down. Why should that matter to you? Because at some point, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, 40 minutes ago, for me, it was 42 years ago. You needed your world turned upside down. Tweaking wouldn't do. Nudging wouldn't do. You needed resurrection. Complete death to life. That's what I needed when I was 19 years old and trying to commit suicide at a rest stop in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. Unsuccessfully, clearly. That was another thing I remember thinking. I was, I was in a, obviously in a terrible place. And I remember thinking, you can't even kill yourself right. But at that moment, I didn't need to be tweaked or nudged or adjusted. I needed upside down. Brokenness to healing. Death to life. Sickness to wholeness. Loneliness to love. That's what this kingdom does, and you needed it too. You needed upside down, and that's why it matters. He came to turn fear into peace. He gave woundedness into wholeness, pain into healing, fear into peace, anxiety into steadiness. Pick yours to turn it upside down, to write it. This newborn king came at just the right time to write a reeling world. I'm headed toward the end of the message, but I want to tell you what I'm going to do at the end so you can be thinking about how you're going to participate. Preparing, obviously, the chance to speak in, in front of this church that I love so dearly is a great privilege to me, and I take great care in making sure I'm bringing something that the Lord has. And it was unusual in this time, I was working on this message and had the theme, uh, the theme was assigned to me because we're in this series called Newborn King. And I felt like the Lord, more than he said, say this or interpret the scripture, I feel like he said, I want to do something that Sunday. Over and over again, I want to do something that Sunday. And so here's how I interpret that. Um, I think there are people sitting here this morning you need something in your life turned upside down. I don't know what it is, obviously. I know what mine is. But you, if you could, would ask the Lord to take this one thing and flip it and redeem it. And at the end of the message, coming up shortly, I'm going to ask you to participate in a prayer 
where you give that one thing to the Lord and ask him that specific question. Will you turn this upside down? So be thinking of that. And while you're thinking, one of my favorite um, upside down Christmas stories, I first heard about in the Marine Corps. Um, in fact, I heard about it every Christmas. It was about Christmas 1914. It was a story from World War I that I always heard about. Never heard about it before I was in the Marine Corps. And I always wondered if it was true. And then later I found out it was actually historically happened. Christmas 1914. The German troops had marched through Belgium and were rebuffed shy of Paris in the Battle of Marne. They retreated to the Ain Valley and they dug trenches in and tried to hold their ground at the Ain Valley. About 200 uh, yards across from them at the Paris side were British troops and they dug themselves in and the two opposing forces stood in on Christmas Eve 1914. That's when something happened. Uh, late Christmas Eve that year, a strange sound it wasn't a rifle repeat. It wasn't a distant explosion. It was Christmas carols, first coming from the German trenches and then from the British. Henry Williamson was then a 19-year-old private in the London Rifle Brigade. And he wrote to his mother about an unheard of turn of events as war got turned on its head. Dear mother, I'm writing from the trenches it is 11 o'clock in the morning. Beside me is a coke fire. Opposite me is a dugout with straw in it. The ground is sloppy in the actual trench, but frozen elsewhere. In my mouth is a pipe presented by the Princess Mary. In the pipe is tobacco. Of course, you say, but wait. In the pipe is German tobacco. Ha-ha, you say, from a prisoner or found in a captured trench. Oh, dear, no. From a German soldier. Yes, a live German soldier from his own trench. Yesterday, the British and Germans met and shook hands in the ground between the trenches and exchanged souvenirs. Yes, all day Christmas Day, as I write. Marvelous, isn't it? For one day, Christmas Day, 1914, war turned upside down to peace. In 2014, to celebrate the 100th anniversary, the Royal British Legion got together with a candy company, of all things, to make sure people didn't forget this one day, this remarkable upside-down Christmas. This is what that looks like. Jenkins, open. Nine.
Mein Britokum! Mein Britokum! Kim? Kim, don't, don't do it! Halt! Er ist nicht bewaffnet! Nein, Otto! My name is Jim. My name is Otto. Pleased to meet you, Otto. Freut mich. Rose, she's called. And soon, um, it's soon. One day, war upside down, peace. The kingdom comes barging in, just like it did that day in Bethlehem, just like it will in your life. So I ask you that question. What would you like the Lord to turn upside down in your life? Brokenness, sickness, woundedness, loneliness, despair. I'm going to explain what we're going to do uh, because I feel as though the Lord has given me specific instructions. And please don't participate unless you're serious about this. This is not one of those things where everybody has to join in to make me feel good. If you're serious about this, please join in to this. What I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you if, you, if you want to pray, I'm going to have you put your hands out like this with your back of your hands up. And then I'm going to ask you to bring to mind that thing that you want touched, that you want turned upside down. And when you bring it to mind, I'd ask you to turn your hands, palms up, turn them upside down into a receiving posture. And once we do that, I'm going to wait a little to give you time to pray quietly to yourself about what you're asking the Lord and what you're receiving from Him. And then I'll close in prayer and then we'll have a concluding song. So if you came here this morning needing the Lord to do something, to turn something upside down in your life. If you would, put your hands out like this. Now, when you think of what you want him to turn, turn your palms upward. We're going to wait for you to pray, and then I'll close.
Father, right now, I lift up every precious heart that's associated with a pair of upturned palms. You know exactly what their need is, and you knew it before they walked in the door. But now, Lord, we're being obedient. We are approaching your throne of grace with boldness to ask you and respond with mercy. We don't ever want it to be said of us, Father, that we have not because we ask not. So today, one way we celebrate Christmas is by asking. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus and by his authority that you would do what's being asked for in this room, that you would turn upside down those things that require it. I pray for your will and nothing short of your will for every set of upturned hands in this room. I pray you would bless them with a sense of your presence, encouragement that you are there even when it doesn't seem you're there. And Lord, you told us to ask for the desires of our hearts. These folks are asking for the desires of your heart, so I join with them and ask you to, that you would touch them even now, even in this Christmas season, and that they would look back on today, December 5th, and praise you that you were faithful in the midst of these upturned palms. Lord, thank you that we can even ask you. Thank you for coming into our broken, wounded world. Thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.